I'm pretty sure they're giving receptacles, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's the official term. <laughs> and we had a Christmas, fun a Christmas function last night, and someone said to me, oh, you're actually really funny. Um, Hello, I thought it was funny all the time, <laughs> but apparently not. Um, the audits have asked me to speak. <laughs> the audits, yes, yeah. The audits have asked me to. Well, I'm funny till I start crying. Yeah, so well, that's yeah, that's funny too. <laughs> Okay, they're either, they're either laughing with you or at you, they say. Yes. But either way, they're laughing, which is good. Uh, the elders have asked me to speak. The elders have asked me to speak about City Mission today, and I will, but then I'll, I am going to include some scripture references for the base of why we do what we do at City Mission. And I have the privilege to be an elder of the church here. Have done, uh, been an elder since the outset, and also on the CEO of City Mission, just in my ninth year. And very early in the development of the church, the elders resolved, uh, without the involvement of myself in the decision, because that would be a conflict of interest, so that wouldn't be appropriate. But the elders decided to regularly support the City Mission uh, through the provision of a percentage of our total giving. And the mission has various levels of support from local churches. But as it happens, um, these uh, church sponsorship from Redemption Hills is our most significant support at the moment. And interestingly, I caught up with uh, former pastors of a church who used to meet here yesterday, Peter and Kaz Hewitt. They are looking very well, which was great. And I was sharing with them and, and that during my time as CEO, the only other church who supported us uh, to that degree and magnitude was, of course, Free Life. Uh, so many of you here this morning, we do have some who were former members of that church and now uh, worship here. You've been a long-term financial supporter of the City Mission, so thanks very much. We really appreciate it. We're rolling out new initiatives uh, next year to engage with more churches because we really feel it's part of um, the whole Christian expression of what we do in the community. The City Mission could be partnering with more and more churches in what we do. And uh, that project will involve various staff of the mission. We had our marketing and fundraising manager, Raf Damaki, here this morning with his wife in the first service and our team leader, uh, chaplain, Ben Hallam, was here also. So we have uh, lots of involvement with the church. And I was going to just ask everyone who's a volunteer or employee of City Mission uh, just to stand up now, just so we can acknowledge you here this morning. And two here, three, four, four in this service, so that's great. Okay, thank them for what they do. But all up, we'd have about nine or ten, actually, that uh, come along with the church here. So that's great. And City Mission is a, a not-for-profit, faith-based charity that has been operating for over 166 years in Launceston. Uh, it was based on uh, city missions that spread around the world. And interestingly, in the year 2000, they all rolled up into another organisation, Mission Australia, except Launceston and Hobart. So we retained two independent city missions in this state. Um, the board uh, that, we are, uh, that are elected by the members are required to be part of local Protestant evangelical churches, active members, and their main responsibility is to select 
and employ a CEO who will protect the mission of the mission and ensure that we don't drift into something else. Um, and that's you. And that's me, yes. yes. We have to keep an eye on you the best That's right, yes. So when the CEO <laughs> stops preaching the gospel, you're in trouble. That's basically what that means. And City Mission exists to meet the physical, emotional, social and spiritual needs of the people of our community to demonstrate God's love in action. That's our mission. And it's a clear, written declaration of our core po uh, purpose. And it gives us a filter uh, around what we're meant to do and not um, divert ourselves from. What do we do? Uh, not everyone understands this. So City Mission now delivers client services across four focus areas. And we have a substantial social enterprise uh, division. Some just see the shops and think we just run shops. Uh, others would know us just as a service provider, but we actually do both. And it would be pointless for us to run all those social businesses if ultimately the financial and environmental outcomes that we generate from those didn't provide support to improve the lives of those who need it. And ultimately to provide the opportunity for those people to meet Jesus. And social businesses provide by the grace and provision of God um, yeah, a substantial amount of the resources to do that. We run community programs, we call it family services, and we provide support to individuals and families who are suffering financial hardship, and that meets their basic needs, uh, such as food, electricity, fuel and medications. And there probably would even be people within our fellowship who have been uh, supported through family services. Morton's Place is a restaurant in the centre of the city, a drop-in centre for uh, adults and, well, sometimes young people too because uh, all sorts of people are on the street of uh, all different age groups. There's social interaction there and it's an opportunity to start a journey to interact and be just be supported with whatever issue you're dealing with. We have community outreach workers who go with a trailer out into various uh, suburbs of the city and up the northwest coast and minister to people there. Our chaplains that we have on staff provide advice, support and spiritual guidance to all members of the community and particularly focus on our team and our clients. Safe Space Launceston is our newest service and that's for homeless people. And so those that are sleeping rough and there are a number in the city all the time, I'd say uh, across the Tasmania it's about 2,000 so we would have 800 to 1,000 people sleeping rough in Launceston around Tamer sort of area at any time. And so once they're registered with us, they can come and sleep overnight in a safe environment. We provide, uh, provide meals and support free. Just this week, um, I arrived uh, at work to find um, some of those clients who'd finished sleeping for the night, uh, just commencing their, their uh, alcohol addiction for the day. And so um, I'll say hello and, you know, and... Um, and greet them, but I was uh, as I same as I shared this morning. That what they don't need from me is judgment and um, uh, neglect, uh, neglect. What they actually need is our prayers and support, practical support, to see if we can convince them to try another pathway. And uh, that service is street facing. It's raw, and it's live. And if um, 
Uh, if you're working in that, well, it's a, it's a challenging environment. A number of people uh, do. They don't need me to demonstrate any form of middle-class stigmatised behaviour. I didn't relate this morning, but recently when we were trying to recite um, Serenity House on the northwest coast, one of the opponents uh, in a phone call with me said, it's just like this, Stephen, I don't want them anywhere near me. I said, OK, well, I understand your fear and where you're coming from. But that's what they don't need from us. And we want to show them a long-term pathway to a better hope and a future, but only they can walk it. It has to be when they want to do it. And I just want to read uh, a, just a lengthy passage from John 4, 7, 26 and bring out some uh, lessons for us as a city mission and a church uh, from, this, from this reading. And it's um, Jesus with the woman of Samaria. So a woman of Samaria came, John 4, 7 to 26, a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst, a thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have just had five husbands, and the one whom you, have, you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Uh, well, when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So what are the lessons for us at City Mission in our work with those who are poor or experiencing alcohol, drug issues or dealing with loneliness or the confusion of mental health? The lessons we learn from this interaction is that Jesus, Jesus engaged with those for whom social stigma existed because he always has and is today for everyone. 
everyone's part of the people that he is seeking. He is for our side, he is for the other side. He is for all sides. That is the, really the core motivation of the, all the work we do at, at City Mission, that we see the um, unarguable value of a person's life. Not to look at the situation they're in, but who God created them to be. Jesus also practices the principles of mutuality, which we follow in City Mission here. It's okay to ask those you're going to support to do things for themselves or for you uh, because it's a practical demonstration of acceptance and the fact that you respect them. Jesus speaks into her life and situations through manifestations of the Spirit. He uses discernment and the word of knowledge, and we should too, particularly in our dealings with people who need our help. Jesus shares that the Father is looking for them and when they have experienced the true water of life, who is Jesus, they will have found what they're looking for and the power to live a changed life. I just will do a quick snapshot of some of the other services we run. We have youth and children's services. So we call youth the MISH and that's a hub for young and uh, uh, it's a youth and young adult services connecting young people through activity and mentoring and unconventional learning experiences, <laughs> helping young people to build confidence and develop work-life skills. We have Inside Out for Kids, which is a peer support harm prevention program for children. It assists them to view change and loss as a normal part of life, put feeling into words, work through their grief and build a stronger sense of self and resilience, belonging, hope. And Kate, who spoke last week, is one of the leaders in that service and develops courses and trains other facilitators. Um, we have crisis accommodation, a Rana house. And um, Mark Sitzma, who's sitting over there at the back there, as a welcome, Mark, it's lovely to have you here today, is, um, has been a long-term leader of that. And it's a service in northern Tasmania where males facing homelessness are able to be accommodated. Arana also provides beds for sobering up and places of safety for males and females. Social enterprise, so a pivotal, a pivotal component in the sustainability of the mission is the ability of our enterprises to deliver financial as well as social outcomes. We operate a range of those. We've got uh, now 14 uh, retail shops in various locations and we do recycling with the waste centres in the north of the state. So Launceston, Burnie and Central Coast and Susan Smithton, Circular Head. And I want to just focus on drug and alcohol rehabilitation because the Missiondale Therapeutic Community, which is based out of Evendale, is a 40-bed residential service on 35 acres. Our residents of all ages um, start their recovery and... Um, you know, both male and female and others, we cater for everyone. And following completion uh, recently of the Alpha course that we run regularly out there, about five weeks ago we had four first-time decisions, which we thank God for, and a recommitment um, to the Gospel. And these are such significant decisions for any person who is going to make lasting changes in their lives. And at Serenity House, um, up on the northwest coast, similarly, we run a short-term 
um, drug and alcohol facility up there. And drug and alcohol interventions now represent the organisation's largest service. And City Mission is considered the preferred provider of a residential drug and alcohol re rehab services in northern Tasmania. And Matt Castle, we're sitting up the back there with Marnie, has recently joined our team as a resident nurse and keyboard player. <laughs> oh, no. But he was primarily uh, engaged as a nurse. And, um, and uh, so he's, he's supporting uh, the, the people out there who are going through their training because we, we need to provide them with their medications and just manage their whole health. Now, going back to youth and children, we began to invest and support services to youth and children about five years ago. Why did we do that? Because invariably, when we have our cognitive therapy sessions with adults, they start to unpack stories and testimonies from those years zero to 12. Doesn't matter what age they are. Um, they've either been deeply impacted by something or someone, or they've been deeply impacted by the absence of something or someone during that period. And Satan's strategy in their lives, and can also be in our lives, is to take you out early, impact you, uh, change your process of development, damage your resilience, keep you in bondage through the formative years, so that as you come into adulthood and then engage with the services, of City Mission, there is so much to unpack. Lots and lots of things by that stage. So we thought we'd intervene early and um, just see what we could do to support some young people through those formative times. And that's why it's so lovely here in the first service, we don't see it so much in this service, but we have all the children go out. Because what we're doing as a church is providing a culture of, of both learning about the gospel and what Jesus means in their life, but also that just that putting that, trying to create that safety, that uh, feeling of family around them, of belonging, of being part of something, that will hopefully uh, prevent um, anything impacting them that will um, then just change the direction of their lives. And so, so um, we just want to keep them safe, don't we? as a Christian community, we want it. they're so precious to us. And it's so important those years. That's why they're so important. And as a church, we really lift up the value of children looking after children and youth. So how can you help? Well, um, I'm going to reverse this and say you can help by being employed with us if you've got the right skill set. I always want to focus on the fact that uh, you know, with those 180 staff, we always have roles to fill. We've got seven or uh, five or six uh, advertised roles at the moment. So I always want to encourage any young or older person with abilities and the skills we're seeking and we employ. Psychologists, counsellors, doctors, nurses, alcohol and drug, housing support workers, warehouse logistics, retail purchasing, recyclers, cafe workers, chefs, cooks, marketing, graphic artists, managers and leaders. And then one day will need to employ another CEO and whose job it is to ensure we do not lose the mission and their vision to ensure we don't drift. You can volunteer at the City Mission. You go to the website, citymission.org.au. We're always looking for Christian volunteers. They're very valuable to us. Any vol volunteer is valuable, but um, there's, uh, there's something of the mission we can bring with missional people. 
and uh, you be can become a member of the organisation, elect who becomes the governors of the organisation. But the main thing you can do is pray. And so I just thought, um, give you a break, why don't we just all stand and we're going to pray for this. I'll pray on behalf of the City Mission, those who can. We're just going to pray for everything, that, that all the people that we have in our services when we are just about to support um, with our Christmas programs, our Christmas giving, uh, the community Christmas luncheon, lots and lots of people with those backgrounds of what I spoke, nothing wrong with those backgrounds. But we need to pray into this. Heavenly Father, as a congregation, we just want to pray for all those people that are going to be touched by the services of City Mission going into this Christmas period. People that are in our alcohol and drug services who may not want to be there at the moment and want to leave, we want to pray for those who are in our homelessness services as they think about what they're going to do for Christmas, we pray for the luncheons that we're going to put on for them, all the Christmas celebrations that are going to be held, all the presents that they're going to receive out of the goodness of the community and what has been provided for them. We pray for all those attending the Launceston Community Christmas. That'll be just a time of great celebration where they shall just have the most wonderful meal, uh, be provided with uh, a wonderful setting and just be cherished and celebrated because we care about them as a community. Heavenly Father, as we just preach your birth, the fact that you did come to the earth to be the saviour of all, we just pray that we continue to be faithful in spreading that message so that they have a change, an opportunity to change the course of their life forever and be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks. Let's see it. I haven't finished. <laughs> so Jesus, uh, our vision is to transform lives, communities and futures in the name of Jesus. And so we take this from um, words that Jesus spoke in Luke 4, 16, 19. So this is the basis, the manifesto for the city mission, really. So Jesus took the scroll and unrolling it, he found the place in Isaiah where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And that releasing the, was, uh, the oppressed was even in one of those uh, verses of the songs we just finished in our time of worship. And Jesus said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hearing. So what does this manifesto involve as far as transformation? We want to be about transforming lives. When we encounter Jesus, a great exchange has taken place in our life. He takes our sin and gives us his righteousness. He gives us freedom to the prisoners, sight to the blind, and release for the oppressed. He bestows on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, but the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. But we don't want to keep that for ourselves. Transforming lives is about us sharing that with others who desperately need that message. We want to transform relationships. Jesus uses the analogy of marriage. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God Rejoice over you. Marriage is meant to point people to the close, intimate and loving relationship God desires to have with us. And Tim only spoke about this uh, in the last five or six weeks, how a strong society 
is built on strong families. Strong families are built on strong marriages. Transforming our culture. Cities tend to be a source of culture. Um, and Isaiah declares uh, in, verse six, in chapter 61, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You know, each of our cities, wherever we live, and certainly in Launceston, there is that sense of a devastation that's taking place. It's, you just walk around it. And uh, we need to be part of the restoration. We need to be the people that transform through the mountains of influence, through our mountains of influence, the marketplace, government, education, media, arts and entertainment. And way beyond what you could have imagined, um, the City Mission is able to speak with leaders in government and local government and do that with a cross on our logo and transforming lives in the name of Jesus as our, um, you know, our stated positioning and without, without criticism, never been criticised for that. So that's great blessing in itself. Um, transforming society. A transformed society will involve dealing with the issues of poverty. And Jesus came to preach good news to the poor. I grew up in the Salvation Army. Uh, William Booth said, never preach to a man who's hungry. And it's true. So much of the world's suffering is caused by injustice. So for I, the Lord, love justice, I hate robbery, and iniquity is another verse from, uh, from um, Isaiah. Transforming leadership. Leadership is the key in any society. You'll have the title priests of God, and you know how we continually emphasise this teaching at this church. We're all part of the priesthood of all believers and we will be honoured as ministers of our God. And so we all have the opportunity to lead in any part of the community that we find ourselves. Now at City Mission and Redemption Hills Church, we're called to be part of a faithful community. Part of a community who know and love God, welcoming everyone, from the least of them to the greatest. We are called to be a community where many lonely and isolated people find love and forgiveness all the time. A community of the people of God, a people of peace, who know and love the Lord, and are faithful to him in every way. So that's how we behave. That's our culture. We're accepting and we love all. And I just want to finish off by uh, going back to Ezekiel, uh, ch- uh, going to Ezekiel chapter 11, 19 to 21. And I thought a lot about what um, Kate spoke about last week, which I, I really um, enjoy, not the right word. I, I, was, I just really appreciate it. And it, it did find a, a place in my heart, that message about wholeheartedness. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel prophesied in chapter 11, verses 19 to 21, that one day the Spirit of God will not only be in him, but will be on all the people. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take that stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. 
But as for those whose hearts follow the desire for their detestable things and their abominations, I'll recompense their deeds on their own heads. God has given every human being a conscience. However, if we rebel against our conscience or our development has been impacted and frustrated from an early age, we too often become hard-hearted. If we have been hurt by others, we can harden our hearts in an attempt to block further emotional pain. Someone was speaking to me about that even after the morning service. This is the state of largely all the people we support from day to day in City Mission. So hard that they've become in their hearts. And for many they are impacted and hard-hearted by the time they reach their teenage years. And we see it constantly. It's almost impossible to change your heart simply through a decision of will. But thanks be to God that he can give you a soft heart, a heart of flesh. He does this by putting a new spirit in you. The Holy Spirit now lives in you and he changes your heart. He replaces a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. He says in Romans 5.5 that the Holy Spirit pours God's love into our heart. He heals your hurts and wounds. He makes your heart tender. Uh, He makes your heart tender. He gives you a soft heart that is responsive to his gentle touch and filled with love and sensitive to the needs of others. These prophecies of Ezekiel were fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And in the book of Acts, the apostle Peter explains that the promise, including those in Ezekiel, had been fulfilled. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. From that moment onwards, everyone who puts their faith in Jesus as part of the Christian church has the Holy Spirit living within them. This remains the same for us. He promises you an undivided heart, a new spirit, and a heart of flesh. He says, therefore, you will obey and you'll be part of God's people and he will be your God. And so that is really how we approach everyone in the city mission. That through the programs, we'll engage with them, gain their trust. And by his Holy Spirit, all of those Christians that we've employed throughout that service, they will at some stage be given the opportunity to share the gospel. And that is where we'll find true release, true restoration, and turning a hard heart into a soft heart. If there's anything I've said today that might have ignited something in your life, because it's not just the people we look after that have developed hard hearts, I just want to give you an opportunity to um, come forward at the end of this service um, if you would like prayer for that. If you would like prayer for any issue of your life around hard-heartedness or the fact that you've been impacted in some way and you just want the Holy Spirit to put his hand on that and renew you and give you a soft heart, fully restored, able to bless others through your ministry. Thanks. Wonderful.